0: Welcome in Dice League Talk Podcast. This is episode number 16. 16? Welcome in, boys and girls, as usual. I am here with Evan.
1: What's up, guys? How's it
0: going? Today we have a special surprise for you guys <laughs> because we're going to be reviewing yours truly, Badass Babs. I may be a little biased here, but I think it's clearly the best team in the league. So we're going to break this down and go through in position by position.
1: All right. Let's hope I can break down that bias a little bit.
0: Yeah. So I'll lean on Evan a little bit because I am going gonna—I could talk up every player on my team. It's going to be like Jason in your ear times 12.
1: We'll
0: start. Yeah,
1: I, I, try to, I try to even you out a little bit.
0: We don't need to talk about uh, my team name. I think we reviewed that on Jason's podcast. So if you want to hear about my team name, my mascot is on my page, MFL.
1: It is right up there. It's never and changing. It's a, fine picture.
0: it's a fine picture. It's true to form. Badass Babs in person. It's not an illusion. It's here to stay. Never changing it. It's a great story.
1: Bab, Babs got a pretty good ass. I mean,
0: <laughs> just looking at it's that <laughs> right there. Badass ass. <laughs> I would like to know, Jeff, tell me about what photo that is. Who's yeah, that who is girl? That?
1: Hopefully it's one of your ex girlfriends or something.
0: <laughs> do you do you know her? Is that um, is that someone you've been with? What is that?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, we should have we should have probably previewed that and maybe asked him when he was on. But you know, we'll get back to him.
0: I'm sure he'll fill us in in the group chat. I think he already told us a story about her, so we'll see. All right, let's get right into it. Here we have my QB position, probably yeah. the strongest in the league. <laughs> We have yep. three QBs worth talking about. We have the Josh Allen, QB number one from last year. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, the massage therapist himself, and Jameis Winston. My fanboy favorite, Jameis, famous Jameis.
1: Famous Jameis. Um, so let me look, let me preview your quarterbacks here. You got Josh. Let me ask Allen. you a question
0: first. Oh. Is there a better QB tandem in the league than Josh Allen and Deshaun Watson?
1: Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, James boo <laughs> no i i you know i don't know i think i think there's a lot of good uh combos of quarterbacks that, that some people have i think they've made some trades to get there like just like you have you acquired josh allen which turned out to be a, an exceptional move i drafted josh allen you did and i acquired Deshaun Watson. Oh, i'm sorry okay sorry about that Got that switched up there so you j- drafted josh allen but you've been looking to move him at value
0: recently. I truthfully did not believe in Josh Allen for pretty much ever since I drafted him. In the startup, I I kind of went zero QB. Um, it didn't seem like they were going high, so I naturally took Odell Beckham in the first because that seemed wise. And then um, <coughs> they went quicker than I expected, and then I, I kind of just scrambled to grab potential. But I hit.
1: That you hit. And um I think the big thing with Josh Allen, I think he came into the league passing fifty-six percent. And then the next year it was like sixty-three or sixty-five. And then after that, I think he reached seven. Can we go looking? I think he reached seventy this year almost. Like it was sixty-nine percent, sixty-nine and a half, which is just uh it's a it's just absurd. Like usually when a quarterback comes in and passes for fifty-six percent um in the NFL. I mean, you can maybe see a little bit of growth, but he grew exponentially with the offensive coordinator that he had, who is now on another team. But um, Josh Allen proved that he he learned the game, knows how to pass now. I think the only thing holding Josh Allen back is an injury risk, which is with every player, right? He plays a little like Cam Newton.
0: He does probably take a few more hits than I would like to see. I think the other big thing that's, that's changed for him year to year besides the staff has been the weapons. The weapons have consistently gotten better and they've mm-hmm. made a huge difference uh, in his game. Yep. I think the
1: step on digs and then it just boom.
0: Exactly. And game. even John Brown um, came on and, and really elevated his game. And then yep. you almost saw where then Josh Allen took it to another level and made Gabriel Davis almost relevant. Yeah, um, he did.
1: I mean, that's so it. Yeah.
0: I, I would be shocked if the bills don't, draft a wide receiver in this upcoming draft. I think they'll add to that.
1: I think they're going to draft a wide receiver and a running back.
0: And I I think that's, they're in a great position to do so. I think the draft is loaded with those sort of talents. So they're picking
1: on the back end, but those are the type of players that will fall there. I think uh, the one big uh, discerning factor for the bills team was when they're in the playoffs. Um, (laughs) Josh Allen was the running game and their running backs did absolute shit. And it was not even it it was ugly. And like so if they had like a real running back there, like a serviceable one, um, take the load off Josh Allen there, who knows what his ceiling is. I mean, I know that you think okay, having a running back might take away from his upside as a rusher, but no, I think it's gonna help his upside as a rusher, open things up for him even more and make him an even better passer.
0: I think so too. The the other two things I'll say before I get off Josh Allen's dick here is one he the defenses adjusted and he adjusted and he kind of took that step that you like to see, so he got better as they got better at what he did. He opened his game up to another level.
1: He blew through the sophomore this the sophomore wall. He did quarterback.
0: The second thing is, yes, you can argue adding a running back or some sort of presence of a running back on the team will take away from his rushing upside and his uh, rushing touchdown upside, which is a huge part of his game. I think it's true, but I also think at the long run, it'll extend his longevity as a player and at the it's career. Gonna all balance it's going to be a trade off, and I'm fine with that trade off. Yeah. And then the third thing that I can't hype up enough is he passed the eye test, man. If you watched him play, he, he looked the part. He made the right plays. He made the right plays in huge situations. Mm-hmm. And he just he looks like the total package to me, man. He looks – and I know this is going to sound stupid for a lot of people listening and, and probably think I'm super biased, but he had almost a Patrick Mahomes feel to him where he just made these big plays in big times, and he has the arm to, to make those Patrick Mahomes plays. Obviously not. He
1: could definitely throw it down the field.
0: That is not – I think he's a poor man oh, version of Patrick Mahomes which sounds with a little bit more silly. of a rushing ability. For sure. Yeah, he's got the rushing upside to to make up for the lack of probably that arm and those unique passes mm-hmm. that Mahomes makes, but I just he blew me away. He exceeded my expectations and um you know, I know I've been I've been seen shopping him and it's mostly cuz I'm Trying to figure out what the fuck to do with my team in some ways, mm-hmm. and I'm asking for top capital because I think he's worth that, and um, he I'm not going to trade him for less. He's,
1: he's worth a he's worth an early first, a mid first, and then probably a first next year, if you're if you're really thinking about it, or a combination of a player in there or something like that. He he's um, he finished higher than Mahomes last year, but I think as a f- far as longevity goes, and like I think Mahomes is the number one quarterback, but I think we can put Josh Allen as that number two
0: slot. I would think so. He had over 400 fantasy points.
1: Over fan, 400 that's like fantasy points. That's
0: literally like having an extra player.
1: It is. It is. And the thing is about that, Um, I think he had a great year pass super accurately. If they add another offensive weapon. I think he's going to be hovering around 380, 400 I, on a great year. I, I, I mean, totally I don't, I don't know if you're going to hit 400 and go... Past that every year, but I think you're going to be hovering around 380 to 390 in that range when he has a solid. That's, I think that's his floor production.
0: Yep, I would go so, a little lower. You know, he's a blue chip player in my mind. He's yes. going to hover from 350 to 400 any given year. He's going to have his bad year is going to be 350. You yeah. know, and we're all going to talk about how he's he's falling off a cliff or something. And
1: also, if, and. If, uh, if the, Buffalo Billers do worse. He's just gonna pass. Like that's the thing
0: with these type of players that the quarterback and you have
1: on these teams that sometimes they had a great year. They were a solid team. If they take a step back, he's just gonna throw it more and run more. He's gonna put it more on himself and produce
0: more. And he's so, and he's shown out well in those situations. Yep, so
1: very well. So the only thing holding back Josh Allen is a hit or like he's, he's a Cam Newton type player. He just needs to stay healthy. If he stays healthy and takes a little bit less hits next year, I'd like to see him rush a little bit less, throw more passes, take less hits.
0: He's going to be exceptional
1: for his entire
0: career. I think so, too. Moving on here, obviously a hot topic this um, entire offseason, Deshaun Watson.
1: Mm -hmm. The handjobber himself. Er Heard. I don't know. I think he jobs himself on the massage table. Actually, from what we read, right? It's he doesn't it's, even need to be touched. He will just take yeah, care of that's himself. Right. That's right.
0: <laughs> I think we've. I've probably spoken enough to too much about him. Um, I don't have much to add to me as far as his production and, and what he's as a player. Top
1: three quarterback.
0: He's. I was going to say top five. He's in my top five still, and I don't think he's going to. You know, maybe he misses part of this year, which is. Really, why I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my team because if if I do lose him for the year, which I think is very realistic, between his legal stuff and mm-hmm. him not actually wanting to play for Houston, I think it puts my team in a, a little bit of a hole. So that's why I've been kind of looking to shop Josh Allen, just because I'm thinking I might have to take a little bit of a year off if I don't have Deshaun Watson. So that's kind of where that comes from. That's but, a, that's, um, a,
1: that's a pretty damn good analysis and strategy because I think your team is literally knocking on the door and you can win. But if you don't have Deshaun Watson producing like that, it kind of gives you a hole. It gives you a big hole where I don't think you can put a running back or a wide receiver that's going to hit that high. Right. Um, So, I mean, you're hoping that Deshaun Watson gets a little slap on the wrist, six games, something like that, kind of a la Zeke Elliott for like kind of mistreating women, stuff like that. Even if
0: he does, I don't think he wants to play.
1: Oh yeah, I don't think he's gonna play for Texans. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 don't think that's happening. Yeah, I don't so, think that's
0: happening. I'm kind of planning to go forward without him for a year, and then I think he's gonna come back and be a top end QB. And he's super young. I love having these two. Um,
1: he's an exceptional. I'm not really looking
0: to trade Watson because everyone's just trying. Top to take five it.
1: right now when he plays, and he's knocking on top three.
0: Yeah, I think so too. It's no. Everyone's trying to take advantage of the situation, so I know I'm not going to get trade value for him. So Hobbs quit coming at me with these shit-ass deals, man. I don't he want him. He was the
1: number one passer last year.
0: I don't want him. He was the number one passer with no wide receivers. He was
1: torn to Kiki Kuti.
0: That's the thing, man. He um he answered, never
1: played it down until Brian, oh, oh, Brian left.
0: He, or left. There's something he, like that. he answered the question of. Is he elite enough where he can make everyone around him better? 100%. And he is. So I don't know what He's more the- do you I want mean him to prove besides stop um, touching women with his penis.
1: Or demand they touch his penis. I mean, who knows what's going,
0: it sounds going like on sounds like he just asked and hinted at it. I don't know. I'm not going to speak anymore about You can about move that. it if you want. That's right. Hey, who, who, who John, had- you can
1: move that if you want right now. Yep.
0: <laughs> don't assault me.
1: Okay. It was a bear can.
0: But in all honesty, <laughs> what, what man hasn't tried that pickup line before? Me. You've never asked another man to move my dick? <laughs> no, I haven't. Rhetorical question, I, haven't. And I think we all know the answer to that. Moving right along here, <laughs> Jameis Winston. So, to me, let me break this down for the rest of the league right, real, real simply here. With the cap casualty that the Saints are in, there is no way they would have re-signed Jameis Winston at that contract without expecting him to be the starting QB. If they saw and liked what they saw in Taysom Hill, they never would have brought Jameis Winston back. It doesn't make any sense unless Jameis Winston is going to be the starting QB. I,
1: I, I 100% agree with you, John. I think I was talking to you and I said, if they believed in Taysom Hill, Drew Brees would have never played it. You would have never came back. You, Taysom Hill would have been still starting and still playing. Yeah. Um, so, Sean Payton... I mean, he knows what he's doing. I and he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. If you ask me, one of the best offensive minds. I I like you know, Jeff likes Bill Belichick. Okay, um, I would give just as much faith as Jeff gives to Bill, as to anybody in the league with a fa- as a fantasy owner for Sean Payton to get those players to
0: produce. Uh, I think <laughs> I think last year was let's see what we have in Taysom Hill, and they saw it. They love him. But they know he's not the starting QB. Are they going to use him like crazy? Is he going to be a huge factor? He will be. But James Winston's the starter.
1: I think I think James Winston's going to win the job, hands down. Not even close. And then there was this thing that came out. Taysom was like, oh, you know, previously I trained to be like multiple positions. Now I'm only training in the offseason to be a quarterback. Okay, dude. You know why? Because you're not playing fucking tight end. I'll tell you that. You're not going to be playing any position on this team unless you can play quarterback because there's no place for a player like that in the NFL. I there
0: there's think- so
1: many more specialized players who do the job better in every position. And Jameis Wilson is just going to take that job. And and Sean uh, Payton's going to re- it, look. His Jameis partner- Wilson threw for 5,000 yards, 33 interceptions, and like 30, 30, 33 touchdowns, and like. Thirty-two interceptions, or thirty interceptions, or something like that. Sean Payton, I have confidence. Reduce that by half. Like exactly, he, he's gonna he's gonna throw fifteen interceptions next year, and if he does that, he might be a top-five quarterback.
0: Let me remind the rest of the league here and Evan you as well. The last time Jameis Winston two years ago was starting QB, he fa- finished as fantasy number three QB,
1: and that was on Tampa Bay
0: with. A shit,
1: crappy. Oh my god! What was actually, going on with her?
0: actually, I think we're underselling that. I think Bruce Arians is pretty good, and the weapons are awesome, but a shit defense, and he capitalized. So yeah, I think I think it was a perfect storm. But
1: but the arm Bruce Arians couldn't deal with those interceptions or solve them.
0: Yeah, but I think Sean Payton will. I think it will, and I think the arm talent between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill is drastic. Yeah. So,
1: Hill Tim t- Tim Tebow throwing passes.
0: I'm obviously biased, and I'm in on Jameis Winston. I was in on him before. I traded Lamar Jackson for him in one of the worst trades in league history. Um, but I'm not out. I'm not out on Jameis yet.
1: There you go. Well, also like uh, John's high on Jameis, but he has two quarterbacks right now, two stud quarterbacks right now. I think if you're a quarterback needy team, you might talk to John about acquiring Jameis Winston. For a fair trade.
0: Good so, luck. No, in all reality here, <laughs> where I'm not willing to trade Josh Allen or uh, Deshaun Watson on the cheap, I am willing to trade Jameis Winston on the cheap. Okay, there you go. But I'm not willing to trade him for, you know... Peanuts. Peanuts. I think he's a starting QB, and I think midseason you're going to see that, and I can get value then. So, all on
1: my situation with Stafford, where I have two projection starters who I think I'm confident in. I'm not going to trade Stafford for Peanuts because he brings roster flexibility. And when Jameis Winston wins that starter role, look out, man.
0: Because he's only 27. I mean, that's so young. He's
1: so young for a quarterback.
0: If we see Sam Darnold go for a, a future first, I mean, Jameis has to be worth more. And I know he'll be worth more in the season. Darnold so. was third
1: and fourth, right?
0: Uh, I think, in our league. I know Jason traded a future first for him straight up. Oh, really? Yeah. For Darnold? For Sam Darnold. Oh, I thought
1: it was third and fourth. Nope. Um, no okay. sir. All right. All
0: right. So, come and get Jameis if you like him. If you like what I'm saying, come get him. Um, if not, I'll I hold him. I think John
1: would be willing to make more of an even compromising trade, even by his standards, for Jameis, who is not is his third quarterback, but still has a lot of value and a lot of upside. Dude, I, I don't see a situation when he's not named the starter in 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 New Orleans. I, yeah. I don't the, see that. And the
0: thing is, I'm I'm willing to wait on his trade value until he is named the starter and until he has those blow up games. I'm not going to do what Jake Powers and did. He's going to gonna do he's gonna be throwing to it.
1: He's going to be thrown to Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and Adam Troutman.
0: That's right. The weapons are too good. The coaching staff is too good.
1: Yep.
0: All right. <laughs> let's move on here to my next stud group. This is my running back position. <laughs> Arguably one of the best running back groups in the entire league. Oh, geez. We have Ezekiel Elliott, the 25-year-old stud running back, <clears throat> young as they come. Saquon <laughs> Barkley, obviously coming off the ACL tear, but a generational talent before. Generational he got hurt.
1: talent, one of the most
0: who has produced athletic
1: quarterback or QBs ever. He, or I mean sorry, running backs ever. Sorry.
0: He has done what we talk about, those elite players need to do. You know, when we talk about Joe Mixon being having all these excuses for a shit team.
1: And all the opportunity.
0: We made all these excuses for um, Danny Dimes. Saquon Barkley produced with those conditions as an elite player.
1: As, as a rookie off the bat.
0: I mean, he say quads he's Saquads for a, a reason. He's a stud. He's
1: a, he's a stud RB1, and uh, you traded for him for I did. a reason.
0: I did. And, I made uh, a move for him. I gave him the, the 105, so I'm obviously pretty high on him.
1: You're very high on him, and I think you did that for a reason because you coupled him with... Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon, and then you have also, um,
0: J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins now, my boy.
1: Now, all right, here's my analysis on J.K. Dobbins. Okay. J.K. Dobbins, extremely good running back on OSU. Great. Check all the boxes, touchdowns, catches, speed, burst, broken tackles, everything. Um, he did not test at the combine and I can't remember specifically was it that was from injury or it was from, he just didn't test. And I think it was because he just didn't test.
0: I think he was so good. He didn't have to.
1: Right. Nor does so, it matter. Cause it was he, a COVID he got year. The draft
0: capital. Who cares?
1: Right. And, and maybe he was a little off on, you know, testing and stuff like that. So the problem with, for me, Jason, you know, or John, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a film, grind, film grinder and I look at these numbers and the, the athletic profiles of these, a lot of these running backs and he was not tested. So he, for me, is a little bit of a mystery, but at OSU, I mean, it's, it's, it's not even a question of what he can do. And so being on the number one rushing offense in the NFL, I mean, I don't think it was last year. They were the year before. But I think a lot of that has to do with Lamar. But Lamar is gonna open up lanes for this guy to run the ball. And it's gonna he's gonna he's gonna produce very well. <clears throat> the only drawback to J.K. Dobbins is his receptions. I think he's a great pass catcher and he can catch the ball. But I think Lamar <clears throat> is not a check down guy. He must he's gonna tuck and run more often than not. And he can get big plays himself. So what I'm thinking <clears throat> is is like You know, J.K. Dobbins is a great pass-catching running back as well. I think he might get 40, 50, 60 catches, but I think he's going to be capped there. I think he's going to get two-thirds of what what his potential is because I think that he could really be an Alva Camara running the ball, 150, 170, 180 carries, also getting like 80, 90 catches But because he's that type of running back. He's that good. But I think Lamar is going to tuck it and run. And kind of eat in kind of like eat into that reception allotment and then just kind of take away. But but otherwise he's still gonna be a top 10 running back.
0: So obviously I love JK Dobbins. He was my number two running back going into last year behind only um JT. Only JT. I think he's in the tier of Swift, JT and Dobbins. I think those are the best three in the class. Yeah. He's super young, he's only twenty-two. I agree. He's not going to get a ton of receptions, although I think he's great in that aspect of the I think, game. I
1: think he's great at catching the but
0: ball. But I don't care about that because I think he's going to make up with that with touchdowns. He had nine touchdowns last year. Really only, being f- gone. really only after being featured in the back half of the year where he scored in nearly every game. And so, yeah, he yeah, may not he get he the did. receptions, but he's going to be a 10 TD guy every year.
1: You can just look at week 17, 13 carries, 160 yards two touchdowns. That's right. Are you fucking kidding me? Like that's, that's ex- like, I about mean, that's, halfway th- that's Alvin Kamara
0: about halfway. Th- exactly. He didn't Kamara, even catch the
1: ball that week. I'm sorry.
0: About <laughs> halfway through the, the season, he started to be featured a little bit more and he scored double digit fantasy points the whole way through. And so, you know, do I think he's going to be an RB one next year? Probably not. He's probably going to be a fringe guy. We'll see. We'll see the fringe usage RB- and
1: fringe RB one. Yeah,
0: I think so. I think High that's probably two. his range. But the thing is, I think his career-wise, he's gonna eventually be an RB, a high end RB one. Maybe being, not next year, being but if eventually are,
1: it's gonna extend his career.
0: His burst, his vision, his his silky moves. I don't know what else you want, man. And all that being said, he's my RB three.
1: There you go. I mean, that I mean, that's that's not much of an argument there. If that's if that's your RB three, I think you're doing well. Yeah,
0: big fan of my running back group. I'd be hard-pressed to find a better running back group in the league. Maybe mine. Jason probably pushes me the best or Evan, and those are CMC and Cook. I don't think Jason really has a third. I got uh, Henry, JT, and Swift. That's right. All right. So I'll I'll set a backseat to Evan for sure. But
1: (laughs) But you're right up there. And the only thing holding JK back is that pass-catching potential.
0: Maybe. I think he has the TD potential that that Swift doesn't have. Swift may catch more passes, but yeah, he's not yeah, going to yeah, be yeah, scoring yeah. touchdowns. Yeah,
1: that's true. That's true.
0: And JT versus uh, Barkley or Zeke, I think it's a toss-up, man. Obviously, Henry is a different I agree, caliber. I agree. I agree. But I agree. Our, Anyways, we beat not, that to death. You're not
1: hurting. You're yeah, not hurting.
0: I feel good about that. Well, let's move on to my wide receiver position. My next two positions are are definitely my weakest ones. Um what I lack here in wide receiver blue chip studs and depth. I make up for depth. So I have a lot of wide receivers here. My my go-to stud here is Allen Robinson. He was a, a wide receiver one. High target. And he's always gonna float around the the low end wide receiver one on a bad year, high end wide receiver two. That's kind of who he is. And I have no problem with that. I think that's fantastic.
1: <laughs> he is zero competition.
0: Zero. He's a volume target no matter where he Zero goes. Zero competition he's, on the Bears. He, he's, again, he's that uh, elite player who has proven it because he's produced with shit quarterback Quarterbacks, play. yep.
1: He, he's gotten the targets. He's pro- produces 3,000-yard seasons. Can't argue with it. Um, <laughs> Allen Robinson, I think, out of Penn State, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of funny because you don't normally get a wide receiver out of Penn State, but, you know, you know, he's a blue-chip caliber player. If he if he had a quarterback, he'd be up there.
0: Yeah, I I'm not gonna give him a blue chip status. No, 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 not,
1: not no. He's not a blue chip player. But talent. He has talent.
0: I think so too. He
1: has talent.
0: Yeah, if you just you know if you if you switched him and uh, Devonte Adams, oh, he'd yeah. be a blue it, chip he, player. He'd be you producing
1: know? like blue, he'd be producing just like Devonte Adams would. And I think like so the, too. And, and Devonte Adams is amazing, but a lot of that is is Aaron Rodgers and no other wide receiver on that team.
0: For sure. I totally agree. Big fan. Why do they do that? I don't know why. Let me quickly list (laughs) all of my wide receiver depth, and then we can individually talk about each one of these guys until everyone turns off the podcast. (laughs) So we have Odell Beckham Jr. We'll get into him. DJ Chark, Debo Samuel, Mike Williams. We have Brian Edwards, T. Higgins, and Jalen Rager. Mm -hmm. Who would you like to talk about first?
1: All right. Let me give you my quick rundown as fast as I can, and then you can respond. How's that?
0: Let's go one by one. alright I'm on going to counter. By one.
1: Okay, you want to counter. All right. Let's start with Odell. I fucking hate Odell.
0: I know you hate him. That's it. I think <laughs> I've already preached my argument with him. When we've I been talking about Odell yeah. all the
1: time. We've, we've been going back and forth. Odell is a wide receiver one. But I just – He's not on the right team. You you hate him, he's man. The here's right the thing. Team, Evan man. took
0: him in a redraft a couple years in a row. He had him in a keeper league. I had, I and he always got hurt. And he kept him over. Who did you keep? You kept him over a stud running back one year. I forget who it was. I can't. Dude, I'm
1: too drunk and high for that shit.
0: So Evan just hates him. But here's the deal. The whole low efficiency or low volume doesn't matter because he's got a high efficiency. Think, think of the Vikings offense. He does. He does have high efficiency. Think of the Vikings offense. Odell oh, no, Beckham's gonna be just fine. We we've beat it to death already. I think we beat yeah, it to death on can, your podcast for your episode.
1: I think you should trade him, but whatever.
0: <laughs> I offered him to you. You didn't want him.
1: I know. Let's go to DJ. So DJ Chark. Um extremely awesome athletic profile. Love me like some DJ. Absolute Chark. stud. Um he had some he had a great season early on with guarded two, Garden two years ago. You. With Gardner Mishu, yep, he does. And then um, they're going to be drafting Trevor Lawrence or, I mean, whatever, whatever next top quarterbacks there. There's going it's to guys, I mean, there's going to be Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be delivering him passes. Um, the only competition to me that DJ has is now they signed Marvin Jones, who is a, he was a great wide receiver too, mm-hmm. who is going to be a leader on that team, teach those guys how to be a pro. And I think Marvin Jones is there to bring up and bring along DJ and Laviska at the same time, trying to like raise them up. But I think DJ is the number one on this team right now. LaVisca is like that third role gadget role. He could kind of like maybe break in. Marvin Jones going to be sitting on number two on that side. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a great group of wide receivers to throw to as a rookie.
0: I think Trevor Lawrence is going to elevate DJ Chark to – possibly stud levels.
1: Whoa. Okay, okay.
0: Now, I guess wow. I should rephrase that. By stud levels, I mean, like, wide receiver two. <laughs> 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 but right. I feel like most of the league probably, like, this is my guy I would point out where I answer that question of who's the league not thinking about my roster I think is going to be right. a very good player. I, I'm just going to ask
1: you that question. And, and it, then I think DJ. is DJ Chark for me. He's already a producer, but this is a guy who could be.
0: Number one stud. If he has some consistent QB play, which I think he's going to get, I think it'd be very good. Now, all this being said, I think he's probably best suited as like a wide receiver two in the NFL, and I think that would be perfect. So, if the Jags add a, a, a good true wide receiver one, I think it's just going to complement DJ Chark, and I think Trevor Lawrence can totally sustain
1: open up two yep.
0: two fantasy stud wide receivers. So,
1: you know what? Looking at that, looking at that uh, Jacksonville team. <laughs> they're not going to be playing good defense.
0: They're no, going to be passing the
1: ball. They're going to be trying to put points up. Yep. So I think it's wheels up for DJ Chark and also LaVishka. Like when Trevor Lawrence comes aboard, Marvin Jones is going to be there teaching them how to like run routes and be a pro. I think that's like a really positive situation for all the wide receivers over in Jacksonville.
0: Yeah. I'm very high on DJ Chark. I actually think he's going to be starting my lineup over maybe guys like Odell Beckham, maybe T Higgins. He might. Um, I think he might be
1: your wide receiver one, eventually.
0: Uh, I think Allen Robinson is can't be unseated from that. But. I mean,
1: oh yeah, Allen Robinson's probably gonna be. But like having DJ Chark is a two, considering his rookie year, sophomore year. Like I mean, not like everything you wanted, but with Trevor Lawrence coming along, he's gonna be better delivering passes. I mean, dude, you got you got two potential WR ones starting.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm very high on DJ Chark. I think he's gonna be a a, a very reliable wide receiver for me going going uh forward. <laughs> yep. Who do you and, want to talk about next?
1: And looking at that, I mean you got Debo. I mean I think Debo I, I talk about Debo Samuel. Samuel. So Debo Samuel is a uh to me a uh, a slot wide receiver that likes to run. And uh he's a king after the catch. And uh I'm really glad that they brought in Ayuk, who they sought out. And if you look back at the interviews, they were like, "This is our number one guy." And they they picked a defensive player beforehand, and they were like elated to see Ayuk drop to them still in that first round. So I think with Ayuk going down the field and Debo kind of like roaming the slot and catching those like early pass wide receiver screens and going after the catch. I think the 49ers have a ridiculous offensive setup to couple their defense and whoever they draft a quarterback, we'll see. But like, I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you think they're going to Justin
0: Fields? I, I would like Mac Jones. There. I oh, without a doubt, I think it's Justin Fields. I think really? I think he's going to elevate this offense to a new level. I think Shanahan is, I think the best offensive mind in football. Better than I, Sean McVay. Better than uh Sean. Dude,
1: I cannot argue with you there. I mean.
0: His, I his, think he's his a dad, wizard. Right? His
1: dad used to be the wide receiver one producer, right? And now he's come in and he's like, he's you want a number to one running level. back? I'll take the running back I have as starter, produce him as a one. I'll take the wide receiver we have as one. We'll produce him. I would take my tight end that we have. I'll make him a number one tight end.
0: Like I, The thing is, he's he's so efficient with his offensive scheme that I think Debo... I, so... I think Debo is going to struggle to get volume to be a weekend and week out fantasy option that you want to start. He's just not going down the field. (sighs) He probably is not going down
1: the field as much anymore.
0: No, he's a little bit of a gadgety player, but he's so good at it. And I think Shanahan knows exactly how to use
1: it. I'm is my analysis.
0: I think so too. And I think he has a ton of potential to continue to grow. The thing is when he gets the ball in his hand, he is one of the most dynamic players. He's
1: like a go-and-take, running and back, breaking tackles, exactly. running by vice Like he you know, turns, breaking,
0: he yeah. turns into a running back. Yeah, and I think Shanahan's going to use him really well. The big thing for him is can he stay healthy? He's got a long uh, injury history in college. Stayed healthy his rookie year, and then they obviously injured, backed,
1: man, yeah. on and
0: off all last year. So I like him a lot as like my wide receiver four or five. I can put him in there if he catches fire. He <sighs> can, can go to your third. Like exactly. No easily. So I, easily. I like him as the depth piece that he is on my team. I'm not going to overblow him too much until I see it with all those pieces in right. the new QB. Right. Because but, yeah,
1: because um, 49ers, all of a sudden, they have a lot of offensive mouths to feed.
0: Yeah. Kittle, Ayuk,
1: Debo, and then you got the running back.
0: Yep. So like, I like could... him a lot as a prospect. I like him a lot as potential, but I'm not necessarily relying on him next year. Not yet. All right. We'll see how he does. I feel comfortable that I can throw him in when I need to, but I don't have to, and I like that a lot about um, where he's going Wait till he gets roster. healthy. Yeah, I think so, 100% too. 100% healthy. Who do you want to talk
1: about next? All right, let's look at – I know we talked about uh, – Debo was the last wide receiver I wanted to talk about, and then we can get into your lengthy tight end group. I pretty much just the,
0: the – no, 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 no. There's still – there's a lot there. of wide receivers left here.
1: Well, look down here. We, oh, we got Higgins – all right, Higgins. Okay. Higgins for me was the absolute bust wide receiver that I named. I was like, oh. uh, Clemson, you know what? Jump balls. Um, Just a bust wide receiver. I think he was like almost like a, you know, maybe like benefiting from the quarterback play. But, so, you,
0: so you labeled him as a bust coming into the draft. Like I he, labeled him as a bust. Okay. He
1: was not a player that I wanted. I thought he was a fake player. But obviously i was wrong
0: so he came
1: in produced with joe burrow great wide receiver and there's nothing to even like 64 210 no he's the, he was number 2 to aj green produced he's going to be like he's going to be starting on the outside
0: he produced with joe burrow he produced without joe burrow yeah he's 22 years old He's a guy that I liked coming in. I was super worried about his injury history and kind of the things you spoke about. Didn't draft him. I chose Jalen Rager over him. Went out and there made it. Go. Went out and traded for him. Is how much I like this guy. To me, he is a spitting image of AJ Green. He is going to be the Ooh. AJ's, the the Bengals right. franchise wide receiver. He's locked in with Joe Burrow for his career. Wow. I love that. I love Joe Burrow. I think this guy is a future wide receiver one in the league. He's going to be a future blue chip prospect. He's in the same realm for me as CD lamb and Justin Jefferson.
1: Ooh, he wow. is just
0: going to take maybe a year longer to get there.
1: Okay. But when you talk about okay. CD
0: lamb and him, Higgins has way more of a path to opportunity. I think he might be a higher fantasy uh, producer earlier in his career than CD lamb. Maybe not quite the same potential, but he's, well, he's definitely going to be good. Volume. I mean, he produces a rookie 160 fantasy points. Yep. That's damn good, especially on it's a shit good. Bengals team without Joe Burrow for half the year.
1: So what did he produce his sophomore year?
0: He hasn't had it yet.
1: That oh, was his rookie year, his first year? Is it-
0: this is his rookie year, Evan.
1: He was a rookie. Oh, yeah. And so he had two 100-yard games. You'd like to see a little bit more compared to the other rookies that were taking in this draft. But if Tiggins was taken later. And so second round if, pick. If you if you take T. Higgins in the second round, get that type of production with Joe Burrow, you could not be happier.
0: I love T. Higgins. Can't speak enough about him. Um, we can kind of we'll lump together my last three wide receivers here because I can go all day about this stuff. <laughs> I'm trying to calm him down. <laughs> Can't do it. Can't be done. So my last three here are Mike Williams, who I'm an avid lover of Mike Williams. I think he's great. The big mystery for him is, I think he looks fucking amazing. He just can't get enough targets, man. They don't throw this guy the ball. You know why? I don't. He doesn't get open. <laughs> he does. He does get open, and his contested catch is second to none, man. Listen, He's great.
1: I think. I think this guy was taken in the draft as a la Calvin Johnson. Like, can you can you get there? And he was not even close. Like, I mean, like, let's be honest. He's. I mean, he may be as tall as him. He doesn't have the athletic profile, isn't run Ross like Calvin.
0: All right. Um, all right. So you're comparing him to the best wide receiver we've ever seen. And in, he's in
1: compared to. Who? That's I mean, he's that size and like shape. I mean.
0: No one compares anyone to the best wide receiver of all time. That's it's just not that. I mean, that's great. I mean, I mean, I think the, the first... only
1: actually the only player that I thought was compared to Calvin recently has been Kyle Pitts, which is like
0: weird. Again, a stupid comparison. Yeah, because. Kyle
1: Pitts is like way fucking slower than Calvin Johnson. It's not even close. But
0: anyways. You can't compare anyone to him. It's a stupid comparison. But obviously Mike, Mike... Williams
1: looks like a defensive man. <laughs> Stud. Like looks can can like high point the ball. He's he's a tall, tall wide receiver. The only thing I had my problem with my problem with Mike Williams was route running. Okay. And I think you can learn from that. And he's produced a thousand yard season. I, I think if you produce a thousand yard season, you got it under your you got it under your belt. Right? I think he can continue to produce. I think Herbert's gonna help him more. Um here's the
0: but- here, All right, let me lay it out real simple for you. Here it is.
1: Look at his these touchdowns, numbers, his man. His first it's year weird. in the
0: league, he was coming off of like a really bad back injury, and he that's never, right. He, he had never that back injury. really got healthy from it. He
1: had like a slip disc, so he and hardly never really hardly played.
0: played played his first year. His he second 10 year, ten
1: touchdowns. His rookie,
0: his second year, his second, second year, year, he got really healthy, and he scored ten touchdowns. Everyone loved him. Everyone was super hyped on him. Just didn't have the yardage. Second year, six
1: hundred. Th- oh, hold on. Just didn't year. have the yardage. six hundred and sixty-four yards. That's like not even close right. to having any yardage. He just had didn't have receptions. the Yeah,
0: Third year in the league, put up 1,000 yards, the touchdowns just dramatically Isn't that crazy? fell. Isn't that Hurt.
1: crazy? He had six more receptions than his next year and had
0: 400 more receiving yards, eight less touchdowns. Yep. What the fuck is going on? Right, which touchdowns fluctuate like that. And then his third year, he kind of settled off. He had five touchdowns and, and 750 yards, but not a lot of targets. Same
1: amount of receptions. 300 less yards and like half a touchdown.
0: This is a guy to me that if he just puts it all together and he gets consistent QB play, which I think he might get through Herbert, give them a year to gain some rapport. They picked up his fifth-year option. They like him. He's the guy there next to Keenan Allen. Maybe. I think it's a great fit. We'll see what happens. You
1: know who this looks like to me? Kelvin Benjamin.
0: No way. Get out of here.
1: Okay.
0: That's the worst combo I've heard. Okay. Just Calvin
1: Benjamin without the injury. The The last two
0: here we can lump together is Jalen Rager and Brian Edwards. I think these are two super high, young prospects that have done absolutely nothing. We don't need to spend too much time on them. The big point I want to say here is I have a ton of young youth, young depth. You guys can't have it. Don't make a trade for them. (laughs) You probably don't even know who these guys are, so don't come after them.
1: The one thing I'll say is Brian Edwards is a very athletic, very good Wide receiver profile, great breakout in college, like great player. Injury risk. That's it. That's basically it. And he got hurt this year. That's and that's I it. I
0: don't think he has a big injury risk. He just happened to get hurt and then never really rebounded from it. I think he has injury risk, bro. What injuries has he had? I
1: don't know what they are, but he got hit, hurt in college all the time.
0: He didn't. I you think you're thinking of Debo? Debo had a terrible neck injury at South Carolina, and he had a foot here. Foot. You're foot. right. Brian Edwards did break his foot going into the year. That's painful.
1: If any of us broke our foot, we would not be walking. Okay. Like, I just that's just well, that I don't think he was
0: walking after he broke it either. All right, let's move on to the tight end position and get the fuck out of this episode. Yeah, sounds good. Because they are probably tired of hearing me. Yeah,
1: you and your wide receiver. <laughs>
0: Dude, as you know, this is the best team in the league. We're just waiting for it to come together. Yep. All right. Tell me about these tight ends Evan. what do All you right. see here? I see. Uh, <laughs> My strategy here was the for most, for quantity, not quality. The most
1: robust tight end group in the league, but coupling that robust group, he has top end starters. So Dallas, go dirt. Goddard, 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 Goddard got it. Go dirt. Goddard, Goddard. I, I didn't say Goddard. He's going to be tight end number one next year. Ertz is gone. He's going to be catching passes from Jalen Hurts. I mean, he had 189, uh, 89 targets last year, 600 receiving yards. Um, he's only going to go up. I mean, that's projected for this year, but he's going to be, he's going to, he's going to get higher. I mean, if if the if Philly doesn't draft a wide receiver, you have a tight end one on your team. Even waiting, if,
0: even if Philly does draft a wide receiver, which I think they should, besides drafting O line, I love Goddard, man. If you look at um, you know, Goddard had. Was it 65 targets? Zach Ertz had 70 something targets. I don't see it's just
1: as much as him.
0: I don't see a reason why Goddard isn't going to have 120, 130 targets next year. If
1: if Goddard gets 120 targets,
0: he's going to be top five, top
1: five tight end.
0: This is my dark horse top five tight end. end. I think he's going to compete, he's going to be right there with everybody else. I think he benefits from a tight end premium format. I don't know that he's going to get the touchdowns that some of the higher-end QBs are going to get.
1: as best you can right now. but
0: I love him, man. But <laughs>
1: Mike Jacecki, also a great tight end to have. Athletic freak. Um, had a breakout year, kind of, like 700 yards, six touchdowns. And Tugel is only going to go back to him. I mean, if they don't draft a, like, a powerhouse wide receiver, this guy is going to get the ball.
0: Here's the crazy thing about Jacecki. He only had 85 targets. Converted that into 53 receptions, 700 yards, and six touchdowns.
1: That is so much better than the That's other tight ends we reviewed.
0: Unbelievable. Right? Unbelievable.
1: It's it's He's a, he's a stud tight end. He, he's an athletic freak in the making waiting for good quarterback play, good offensive play, and I think Dolphins are getting there. I think they're going to have a great offense next year. So he's a high upside player. And the next tight end you have is Logan Thomas, who was an ex-quarterback who also is a athletic freak of nature, checks all the boxes a la Darren Waller, Mike Jacecki scoring in the 99th percentile, 95th percentile, all their speed scores burst, everything like that. And he produced last year, he had 110 targets last year with 72 receptions with 670 yards. With 110 targets, you'd think he'd get into like 800, 900 yards. But, Washington was in flux. I mean, they were throwing people out there. So here's the funny thing:
0: if we even know just know if, if we need to like if we even just hold com- that against him, if we even just compare these last two players, Logan Thomas produced nearly the exact same touchdowns, exact same yards on twenty more targets than Jozeski had. If you just extrapolate some of that and you give Jozeski a little bit better share, jasiki was the number seven tight end with those limited targets and those limited receptions. I think he has a ton of room to grow. I think between him, Logan Thomas, and um, Goddard, I think I can piece together the tight end position here. It it hopefully pans out better this year than it did last year. Last year, I kind of tried to piece it together, and I consistently chose wrong. So hopefully, I do a little bit better with that this year, and hopefully, they kind of define themselves. Um, move on to my starting lineup here. I project my starting lineup for me. I have QB position, Josh Allen, and then Deshaun Watson running backs. I have Zeke and Barkley. And then my flex, I'm gonna put Dobbins. My wide receiver position, I'm gonna have Allen Robinson, T. Higgins, and Odell Beckham Jr. And then in my tight end position, I went ahead and put Goddard just because I project the influx in uh in volume there. My bench players, I could go on and on with my bench. There's so many players there. I think this is the <laughs> deepest roster in the league. We have Jameis Winston, we have DJ Chark, we have Mike Jasicki, Logan Thomas, Debo Samuels. And then I think between the the three of Mike Williams, Brian Edwards, and Rager, someone from there is gonna emerge. Star. I have so much depth here. Give me bye weeks, give me injuries, I don't care. I'm gonna be competing for this ship. That's what my team is doing. I made up my mind this episode. <laughs> as long as uh, Deshaun Watson doesn't um, miss the entire year. <laughs>
1: Josh Harvey, come at him, and we will all be happy to learn
0: that Deshaun Watson misses the entire next season. It's happening, I already know that. But right. So, uh, what do you think about that overall lineup, Evan? Where, how does it compare to the rest of the league? And an unbiased, no, obvious, it, obviously, I've been a little silly this episode, talking my team up. I do think it's one of the better teams, but give me your honest be, opinion. It's
1: hard not to be biased. I mean, I think I like if you. Look at me as an example. I think I'm pretty much even on every single player in the lead except Jalen Hurts. I'm a little overboard on. But other than that, I'll give you a fair analysis. I think you are a playoff caliber team, ready ready to win the championship, especially with the trades that you made acquiring Saquon and Zeke and like bolstering your team. So what you're looking for is I think you could win next year. You're just wait you just need a good year. I mean I, I, I don't know what else to like, to like say about that, but like, you're a competitive team. You're ready to win now. Um, if you really wanted to, if you really wanted to, you could trade some pieces and do a super reset and try to come back and be a, <laughs> a super team. But that entails draft next year. And I think the draft next year is a massive mystery.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I mean,
1: know. I've looked into it. I think you've looked into it. I mean, I'm sure we all have. But, like, until we see college football next year, um, it's not like last year, man. It's not like last year. It's not going to be last year. It's not even going to be close to last year.
0: I, I have a hard time valuing future picks like that. You'll see me avoid them. It's just because I don't fucking know, man. Like, I don't know who's coming out. I don't know what they look like. I know those first rounders will gain value when they come around but I just I have a hard time and if I can't put faces or I don't know I just I, I don't hear anything about it you know right. I don't know anything about the 22 class I don't know anything about the 23 class like I don't fucking know
1: Exactly So it, it's really hard
0: And listen for me to trade for those you guys picks. don't
1: get jaded on the last year's draft class that we just had after our first dynasty year because it's not going to happen again yeah, I think wide receivers are not going to be hitting again like that.
0: I think the it's thing is going to happen. If, if you look at my team, I, I did a lot of trades towards the end of last year. You know, I, I added Deshaun Watson. I added Barkley. I added Zeke. I added, uh, Allen Robinson mid season. I added T Higgins. I really added the bulk of these players that I'm expecting to contribute. And I really went on a winning spree. There was a period, um, last year where I was actually contending with will for the number one pick. And so I started oh. trying to trade some of these players and then making these trades. You know, I got rid you of yourself
1: higher up in the, I,
0: I got rid of Devonte Adams. You know, I, I got rid of some players and I ended up, ended up producing a little bit too much in the end and went on a winning spree. And then I ended up with the fifth pick instead so of the you first
1: kind of find yourself in a mid pick instead of I a, did. kind of projected. And I,
0: and I think that is, indic- you know, I mean, that affects your picks
1: next year. I mean, like that is indicative
0: we'll of what you've done, but the,
1: the bottom line is you have a very competitive team, a team that if you want to, will win next year. If if you get lucky, I mean if things fall into place, like just like any of our other teams, like the top teams, like you need luck and you need things that you need career years, you need
0: things to happen and fall into place. But you have a great I think great team. I think where I've hedged <laughs> my bets is I have an, I'm not banking on one player to break out. Like for example, if you look at my extensive deep large robust girthy wide receiver group i don't, I don't know about the girth of that i don't need one of them to break out like a lot of these rosters we look at i just need one out of three to break out you know what i mean and, and so i think that's really what separates my team from some of the other teams i don't have all the blue chips that some of the other teams do i have enough of them and, and i have enough blue de-
1: chips fluctuate from year to
0: year that's not that's literally the opposite of a definition of a blue chip well
1: well, running back – I mean, a lot of running backs don't return – like top six running backs don't return to top six next year.
0: Those running backs aren't blue chips. The blue chips are the Zekes, you know, those types that, gotcha, that repeat. Gotcha. The Cooks, all right, all right, the right, CMCs, right, right, the Barclays, right, right. Right. the guys who do repeat until they fall off a cliff. The, the Lashawn McCoys who's
1: there forever. So I think you're waiting to hit one of those in your wide receiver group.
0: Exactly, and that's, that's kind of my – you know, and – I need them to be a blue chip for a year, you know. I need them to be a re- who do you think your next, blue chip?
1: Who do you think is your best blue chip wide receiver bet to kind of break through that mold next year?
0: Probably T Higgins. I think I, for, I was going to say T-, he, T Higgins. He is the guy who I think is a future blue chip who just needs a little bit of consistency to come through from a team perspective between himself and Burrow and Joe Burrow offensive line and, and the team.
1: Dude, you're going to suck on defense. You're going to be throwing the ball. I'm he banking may, on he it. Might, he's going to score a lot of points. I'm
0: banking on it. So I'm, I'm not worried about them adding another offensive piece either. Cause I think Burrow can sustain it. You know, I know I was just talking about how good I thought Tyler Boyd was, but you know, he he's not going to get, He's a supplementary piece when it comes to that. So I
1: think the Bengals are going to draft a pass catcher, and he's going to be moved to the next spot. And T. Higgins is going to be, like, number two, number one, yeah. coupled with that next guy they got.
0: I think T. Higgins – I hope they take picks. T Higgins looks like A.J. Green to me when I see him out he's, there.
1: He's, so. he's bigger. He's bigger than A.J. Green. He's, like, an inch taller.
0: I just worry he can't stay healthy, but we'll see. He did last year. So to wrap this episode up, man, I think they're probably tired of hearing me. Sounds good, man. All right. Appreciate you guys listening. Um,
1: it's been fun. We did a little bit of recording extravaganza here.
0: We didn't get too tipsy, so
1: I think we're all good.
0: No, I think we did pretty well. I was going to talk this much about my guys regardless. So Yeah,
1: but I think I held down John pretty well. Peace out, guys. See you later, guys. Peace.